this is sexually explicit. No, that's a lie. It's only sexually related. But still, if you're not 18, um, move along now. And could you also talk about how hot the host is? And the host, uh, sitting across from me, I'm looking right at him. I can I can tell you about the, the chisel of his jaw and <laughs> his five o'clock shadow <laughs> and the wire room glasses. It's, uh, it's really... Remarkable! I haven't been able to take my eyes off of it this entire See, now, now this time. has gone from being an honest podcast. <laughs> to complete son of a shit. Thanks for downloading another episode. There's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. And then we've got a great interview afterwards. So let's just get to it. We've kicked off the big fundraising campaign. You can go to massacast.com and see the progress. Right now, we're about 8% of our goal. If you go to mastercast.com forward slash donate, or you can just click the link on the front page, uh, you can see all the amazing stuff that you can get if you donate. Now, if you donate, uh, for example, 25 bucks, you get a bonus episode, something that uh, has a whole bunch of unreleased stuff that was never released before on any previous episode for one reason or another. If you donate 50 bucks, you get two bonus episodes, one in about two weeks, and then another uh, before the end of the year. So you'll, you'll get a whole bunch of stuff that's been compiled between now and the rest of the year of good stuff. It's not going to be just stuff that was thrown away. A lot of this is uh, stuff that, you know, if I had a two-hour conversation and I only used one hour of it, well, you got a whole bunch left, right? Um, so uh, stuff from like Raven Lightholm. We've got uh, our friend Evermore, Mistress Veronica, Mistress Winter. I'll, I'll, we'll play just a few quick snippets here. Here's a little clip from uh, the first bonus episode. This is uh, Saad and I. Uh, and what we talk about in bed. We're actually laying in bed. Here's just a clip. You know how you have the different chakras going up your body? No, I had no idea about this. You don't know what chakras are? I've heard you of them. You see the, you know, the, the yoga pictures where they have the guy sitting in lotus pose. And well, he's got... hold on. I think chakras are what you feel before the earthquake. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> no? See? That's, and you'll hear the rest of that conversation. And then you, uh, here's another one. This is our friend uh, Evermore. Uh, a brief clip of the bonus episode where she's in. The, no, I have, oh. What, is there another story? That I got I three guys to jerk off in front of one camera for me at once simultaneously. It was great. Okay, all right, holy shit. <laughs> Next conversation. You're still on chat roulette? No, it was it was like right after you and I had the con- after I told you the story. Always a good time with Evermore and uh, Raven Lightholm, who's been on. She's got her own podcast, Freedom of Fetish. Um, here's an excerpt uh, that you'll hear on the bonus episode. Uh, I spent a lot of time with some members of the hockey team in college, and there would be moments where, like, I would go upstairs and I would take two frat boy pledges and just handcuff them naked next to each other on my bed. And like I said, there's lots more, lots more. 25 bucks gets you the bonus episode that'll be ready in about two weeks. Um, $50 gets you two bonus episodes. Uh, And there's more. Our friend Dum Dom, if you don't know her website, dumdom.com. You can find a link on on the massacast.com. She has donated. She's an amazing graphic designer. She's donating some of her time and some of her skills. So if you've got a website and you need a header or if you need Twitter background or you need a whole bunch of other stuff, you can find all the details on massacast.com along with some examples of her incredible work. Also, Saad 
has uh, her website, jackoffjournals.com. You can find some of her artwork uh, there. You can also find it on the donation page. You'll see some examples. If you donate, uh, you can get a framed copy. Not a framed copy, a framed original. Not a copy. This will be an original Jackoff journal. And if you donate even more, you get a custom one. You basically tell her what you're into, and then she'll sketch that out. And again, it'll be framed. I want to stress this. If you donate, you can, uh, and if you don't want your gift to go to the same email you donate with, just shoot me an email and let me know. What else? Oh, for those of you who don't like PayPal, you can now donate via Amazon. And uh, I've created a, a vanilla sounding company. If you donate, it'll show up as, it won't show up as Massacast. It'll sound out something innocuous, you know. And there's now a P.O. box. Huh? Yes, I'm shelling out the big box for a P.O. box. You can send a donation to uh, either cash, you can wrap it up in paper or whatever, or a money order that's blank or something like that. Uh, no checks, unless you leave the check name blank, because I don't have a, a bank account that says Massacast on it. Uh, you can send it to, are you ready? Here we go. Podcast, P.O. Box 974, Hellgate Station, New York, New York, 10029. You can just rewind it if you want to hear that again. Yes, Hellgate. We're at 8%, as I say this, we're at 8% of our goal. Thank you so much to everyone who's donated. And uh, bonus episodes, a whole bunch of great stuff. Now, on with the show. Uh, Brant McDuff, who is a friend of a friend. Someone suggested uh, that he come on the show, and I'm so glad he did. It'll be so obvious why when you hear uh, Brant. This is someone who we became fast friends just after the conversation, and... Uh, I'm really hoping he comes back on again soon. Here it is, my conversation with Brent McDuff. Right off the bat, I'm going to get the dumb, my dumb questions out of the way. Is it okay? Please. So, and and I. Those are these, my favorite types of questions. Some some of these questions are honestly dumb because I'm dumb, and some of them are for the sake of the listeners who might not be as familiar. Um, we've had trans people on the show before. Is that how you are you identify as trans or? Yes. Yeah, as a trans man. Yeah. Trans man. Um, We've had people on before. We haven't really delved into the subject. Do you mind? Do you want to delve into the subject please, a little bit? Please, please. I'm. Like, yes, please, yeah. You know, yeah. as much as I know is from only my my own experience. I don't claim to be an expert You're an on expert trans you, people no across is, the no country, one, but no one is more of an expert in you than you. That's that is and true. This, you are the subject of this interview, and therefore, okay, we're going right to the source. All right. So, uh, so you identify as a kinky? Yes. Uh, Submissive, bottom, uh, yeah. or yeah. yeah, I mean submissive to the right people, but bottom, yeah. Sure, in general, <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally get that. And trans man, when first, let's let's start from the beginning, I guess. When did you first uh, realize you were kinky? When did you first realize you were trans? Um, I, I knew that I was, I knew that I was trans from as far back as I could remember. I didn't know that's what it was called. Right. I didn't know that it was even a thing that existed. Um, but I knew from as far back as I could remember that I would have rather been a boy. Mm-hmm. I liked boy clothes. I liked boy toys. I liked... Um, I just liked the stereotypical boy activities. Those all just seemed more fun to me. Uh, and... Yeah, I think that was something that I knew very early on. And, you know, that all happens way before you realize what your sexual orientation is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was in the first grade. I was in uh, pre-K, you know, when I felt like I liked boy clothes and all of those things. I wasn't thinking about 
<laughs> I wasn't thinking about um, you I'm know, just who I was the, I'm just squeezing in. the squeaker the, toy. Right. It's a stress. Tw- it's, it's a stress, stress ball. <laughs> so we should say we should say we have a dog now. And so that was saw it as being very kind. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to take long. It was I'm worth sorry. a try, though. All right, it was worth a try. I'm it's so sorry, but, uh, but I didn't want to distract from... But, so you're, you're, in, you're in... Distract from my, 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 person, plight, my personal... Your personal journey there. My journey, It's yeah. a horrible thing to hear. So I was... Plight. Uh, I think I, I shouldn't call it a plight, right? No, That's going to no, piss no, someone off. No, but I'm just... <laughs> What if we were having? What if we're, we were at a part? Everyone has bad things happen sure. to them in life. Yeah. And what if we were at a part right. well, where something bad happened and you hear this squeaking? That's the, why I don't talk about Nam that's anymore. Right, that's right. That's yeah. right. So you knew from a very early age. Did you? Yeah. Did you feel like something Absolutely. was wrong? Did you just feel like, um, oh, does everyone feel like this? Or I knew. I definitely knew it was different mm-hmm. uh, because even though it was sort of acceptable to be a tomboy and like those sorts of things. I was still made to wear dresses, mm-hmm. and it was it was just gut wrenching. I mean, I would just be crying for hours. Sure. Um, and uh, so, anytime I had to wear girl clothes or do girl thing, I went to cotillion. Um, so, like manners school. Yeah. And we had to take dance classes, and I had to wear this big, you know, like a big dress with white gloves up to my elbows and. Yeah. Uh, so I did that from a very young age, and that was just, it just felt humiliating. You know, even though it, no one else knew, they are sure. just like, yeah, there's a girl yeah. in a dress t- right. doing manners classes, all right. But it was humiliating, because I wanted to be the one in the suit wearing the tie, and, yeah. um... So it was, it was definitely tough, but at the same time, a- as a kid, I, n- I knew that it, it would get me in trouble. Like, I didn't want to say anything to anybody, oh, okay. because I already felt like... This is maybe not a good thing. Maybe I'll, you know I'll get in trouble. My parents will yell at me. I didn't know what to think about it. So, uh, and then as I got older, I, uh, I, I learned about gay people. I was like, oh, okay, there's gay people. But at the same time, I knew that's wasn't that wasn't what I was. Mm-hmm. So it was extremely confusing. I was like, all right, so here's how I like to act and what I like to wear. And I know there are gay people, but that's not that's not me. That's not what I feel like I am and so it was very confusing I just didn't know being transgendered was a thing that existed yeah. uh, and it's it's really interesting to see how many young kids are uh, being so open about their you know gender expression these days yeah. um, which I just wish I could have done I wish yeah. I had figured it out um, or been braver or what have you but um, uh, yeah I certainly wish I had s- said something to myself earlier did your family have any inclination at all or i think my family just assumed i was gay um you know from what a young age i'm sure they just thought i was a tomboy Mm -hmm. and then as you know nothing changed um Mm -hmm. i still wanted to wear the same clothes and things like that Uh, and luckily for me i i grew up uh i grew up in a affluent town uh on the east coast uh in a really like preppy community uh preppy fam family and um it's actually pretty easy to get away with being a tomboy in a preppy community because oh, really? everyone wears polo shirts and khakis sure. and uh, everybody's got a blue blazer and, you know, a little kid in a blue blazer and khaki pants is not a big deal. That, sure. That's um, just how the kids would dress around the country club yeah. and things like that. So it was like, it was like all right. Uh. All right. When, uh, when did you realize that there was such a thing as trans? Oh, is it this is going to sound very sad, but not until college. Right. Not, not until after college. I still didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and 
I I had long hair for a while, and basically everything about me was was me. I was really being trying to be as true to myself as possible, but I still had uh, long hair. I had uh, I had like a I would keep it in a ponytail or a bun, and I was so afraid to cut it. I was just so afraid to cut it because then I was like, well, then people will know yeah. <laughs> or they'll find out. Right. But I, I didn't. I still didn't know what was going on with me. I didn't know the difference. I, I just didn't know how to handle the situation. It was all so new to me, and I'd never had anyone to talk about it with. Yeah. No one had ever asked me, so I never really put that much thought into it. I was just confused for a very long time. Right. Well, so, uh, and I'm sure we'll be jumping around quite a bit in this conversation, and that's my fault, but uh, I could write this down right now and come back to it later, but when, when did you decide to cut your hair? Uh, that was also not until after college. Yeah. I was so... And believe me, I'd wanted short hair since I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know how to ask for it. Um, I thought, I literally thought having short hair was akin to asking for a sex change. Yeah. And I just wasn't sure how to do that yet. Um, so, <laughs> it's, it sounds so crazy. No. But I was just so confused at the time. And honestly, I've, and I, I've, had, I've had top surgery. Um, and cutting my hair short was equally as important. For those people who don't know, top surgery... Um, it's, uh, it's a bilateral mastectomy. It's basically, um, breast removal, not mm -hmm. a breast reduction. It's a breast removal and they, um, will graft your nipples so they're in a more male, you have a more male contoured sure. appearing chest. Yeah. When you finally, what, what did you cut your hair first? Yep. Well, how did that feel when it, when it, it was, it was everything I hoped and dreamed it would be. Uh, it was I'm not, I'm not so laughing. Good. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I know. I'm, 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 I'm joyous, uh, but, uh, way late to the game. I'm joyous for you way late to the you game. No, it's still, it is still something that makes me so happy. I just, I can't stop grabbing my own head and running my fingers through my hair. There's a fine uh, head of hair, if you don't Thank mind you. me saying. I, for jealous. those of you at home, I'm extremely attractive and have a head, like, it's like a lion's mane. <laughs> you do have yes, a nice head of thick. hair. It's very thick. Yeah, right? Do you, do, do you want to give it a tug? Can I? Please. Sure. It's not a wig. Get in there. It's right. Look at that. Yes. That's yeah. pretty good. I noticed you keep it up around the ears. Yeah, you, are tight, you like, tight on the sides. See, yeah. I, I prefer that too. But when it gets close to, like, it's now touching my ears a little mm -hmm. bit, I get really kind of like a little like. Uh, it's almost like I get like Macbeth or something like out spot <laughs> thing, you know, or whatever. Um, is that the right Shakespearean reference? I think so. But um, but you know what I'm saying? Are you like that? Yeah, now? You're so uh, used to it. No, I don't. I don't mind it getting a little shaggy, but um, but yeah, I do like to. I do like to keep it pretty cropped. Do you use product? I don't. I don't. I'm much too lazy, and I honestly, I love having my head touched and grabbing my hair so much that right. if I had product in it, I would either mess it up or my hands would get greasy or whatever, so I don't do uh, it. I, I can't believe I actually correctly used the word product for a hair, but, but uh, Saad, when we're going out or something like that, uh -huh. she loves, she loves product in my hair. Loves it. It looks good. I think it, it I, I maybe look in the mirror maybe once a week or something like that, so I really don't notice, uh, but she loves it, so I know if we're going somewhere, I, I can judge the, the fanciness level of of an event by if I if she makes me put product in my hair, so <laughs> that's a good barometer. It is. That's a good barometer. I, I, I knew when she was throwing me a surprise birthday party because before we went out to dinner, she put product in my hair. Wow. So it's like, that's the that's the litmus test. So wow. Um, let's talk about the the your your quote unquote top surgery. Yeah. Was that an easy decision to make? Was it was it, awesome. I uh, <laughs> my. Uh, just one of my best friends in the whole world was sweet enough to come out and take care of me. I had the surgery in Cleveland. Um, and 
Cleveland is about equidistant from Chicago and New York City. And mm-hmm. so I had a bunch of friends come out from Chicago. I, uh, I went to school in Chicago and subsequently I have a lot of friends still there. And uh, so I had a good friend come out to take care of me. And she said I was an absolute terror after the, after the drugs. I, but I don't remember any of that. I had a great time. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I went in. The whole thing takes like under three hours. Really? And, and you leave that day. Yeah, so I, I left that day and hung out at the hotel room with my pals. I had pre-bought a bunch of beer for them so they could hang out and drink beer. Right. And uh, it was actually over uh, a year ago on Easter. And so we had like an Easter egg hunt in right. the hotel room. And uh, I even put one of my painkillers in one of the Easter eggs for someone to find. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. And then afterwards, I mean, once the once the tubes came out and the bandages came out and all that... Uh, it was just so... It wasn't like... It didn't feel like anything new. It felt like going back to the way things should have been, like yeah. sort of a relief. Yeah. Um, Plus, you, you've experienced in your life a time when you didn't have... Right, exactly. Right? That's what I'm, exactly right. what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But everything, <laughs> going back to that, is more amazing. Because now I'm like, wow, jogging is so great. <laughs> um, horseback riding, way better. Yeah, yeah um, so So, yeah, so many things are better without boobs. Uh, easier. <laughs> easier. I think that'll be the title of this episode. <laughs> Things are so much easier without boobs. Yeah, they do. They get in the way. You know, I had to quit archery. And <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when I've got a, I have a friend who uh, is a trans woman and mm-hmm. has gone through many, many surgeries. And um, she was the first person I, I met in New York City who I could actually ask a lot of my stupid questions, my Midwestern not being exposed to anyone questions and um, I think that that's a, a very surefire way I think if, if someone's willing to not it's extremely expensive hmm. the pain I mean how long did it take for you to well I have a pretty high threshold for pain but uh... advertising yourself like crazy <laughs> I see what you're trying to do uh, I'm gonna give out my number at the end of this <laughs> right um but, uh, no, you know, it wasn't really that painful. Honestly, the most painful thing was after, after the surgery, they put a big foam pad on your chest, and you wear a very tight compression vest mm-hmm. just to make sure no stitches pop or anything yeah. like that. And uh, the hardest part was, number one, feeling dirty because you can't really shower. Uh, and uh, so the first time I took a shower, it was like the greatest no. feeling in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how long, and how then, long was that? When you uh, it's about it's about a week and a half. Okay. Two, two, almost two weeks. Right, yeah, so it's not you can, crazy. It's, it's, like, not it's crazy like a long. week no, in no, the no. woods. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but uh, so that, uh, yeah, the not showering was gross. But then after that, um, the foam pad, when they go to take, you've got little tubes in your armpits, and those collect extra fluids, uh-huh. um, and you have to empty these little grenades. Speak really slow and sexy when you Right, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, it's a really, yeah, it's really hot. Um, but, uh, so you have to monitor the fluids and all this crap. But uh, when you're ready to get the tubes out and take the pad off, the pad was, it was like super glued to my chest so that it wouldn't move. So the nurse who removed my pads back in New York it was like I was uh, surprised that she didn't put one foot up on my leg as leverage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was just peeling it. Think of the stickiest band-aid on planet Earth and just ripping that right off of fresh <sighs> stitches. That was terrible. But other than that, I had 
almost no pain associated with the surgery whatsoever. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's really great. Um, and it's pretty expensive too, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, it's it, de- it depends on want, who you, you go to. You don't have to give details but, if you don't want. But no, no, no. It, it depends on who you go to, but it's around... You'll be paying around somewhere between six, seven, or $8,000. Okay. Yeah. It, it's probably more expensive to get something taken... Or cheaper to get something taken off than it is to get something put on. No? I, I would guess, but yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, I guess. I don't know why I even thought. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think so, right? Yeah, sure. If I was drugged up enough, I feel like I could have done it. What did they do with the... Did, did you donate the... Oh, man, boobs? you have no idea how many requests I had for boob donation. Really? <laughs> Which, you know, just from friends being like, can I have Oh, them? oh okay. Not, not like actual <laughs> medical not science, science being right. like, well, we would... No, uh, just friends being like... Because, I'll be honest... I had amazing boobs. Really? I did. They were pretty great. Um, I the only time I ever missed them is sometimes I would play with them while I was watching TV, uh, but that's about it. Right. But uh, you still have nipples. They're there. They don't. They feel weird. They really? do feel weird. They feel different after. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What? Well, they actually remove your nipples and then they put them on a different plate. They kind of Frankenstein you up. Really? It's, yeah. Uh, because the nipples would be a little bit lower and a little bit farther out to the side towards your uh, towards your armpits mm-hmm. than they would you know for a more male appearing chest do, do, so they do they are they connected to nerve endings still I mean are, not really I mean if I if I I can feel them but it, it feels different it feels so it, like if you have nipple clamps on or something like mm-hmm. that can you just walk around with 10 pound weights and nothing I don't know I, I think they actually might be more sensitive oh more but, sensitive oh okay but not in a not in a good way, not in a, a normal, not, not, sensitive more, feeling, okay. just kind of a, I can feel them, but it doesn't feel great. They're a little weird, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to describe them. But still, you're pretty happy with the whole thing. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm very happy with the appearance. My scars are a little redder than I would like, so I'm uh, I'm thinking about having them. Apparently, there's some simple laser treatment you can do to sort yeah. of reduce the redness mm-hmm. of the scarring, but, um, yeah, other than that, I'm I'm f- so happy. I mean, they're, it's just... Putting on a shirt and not a bra is just great every so time. What what did happen to your breasts? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Dog food, soap. Oh, I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, if I had been more clear of thought at the time, I'd been like, "Can I put one in a jar?" Except it wouldn't have looked like a, a cute little boob in a jar. It would have been like this mass of fat and yeah, grossness. But well, I, I mean, the first time I had a, a conversation like this with a friend of mine, uh, and she dis- when she described. I met her just after she had her testicles removed, mm-hmm. and she and I will, will we can have, for lack of a better term, guy talk. Mm-hmm. I, I can have guy talk with other female friends as well, but I'm saying, and I had to say to her, I said, "But, but those are you, didn't it, didn't you miss you know at all?" And because because I just I have no frame of reference, right? Sure. And she's like, it was so great to not have to deal with them anymore. Hmm. And then I kind of looked at objective and was like, yeah, okay, I can appreciate that, you know. And also, she's never wanted them in the first place, right? right. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I would imagine they they uh, you know on a hot day that that would just be it's not uncomfortable. Fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> but is that what's is that what's next? Are you getting? No, I, no. I, you know, I again, I don't want to speak for the whole community, but I do think it's a sm- much smaller percentage of trans men who actually do any kind of bottom sh- okay. surgery. Um, I certainly am not considering it at all. Right. Um, it's that is very expensive. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, you know, eight thousand dollars for the top surgery is chicken feed compared to what the bottom surgeries can go for. And I just honestly, I don't, 
I don't know that the technology is there yet. I don't. I'm not confident in how I think it would look or sure. function. And right now, what I have works. It's not my ideal, but it is functional and it works. So right. I'm I'm fine with that. So and I'm, I'm what I tell my, all my friends is that I am crazy aerodynamic right now. I have nothing holding me back. I'm <laughs> I'm true. I'm gonna be I think an Olympic luge <laughs> master. <laughs> <laughs> Saad has mentioned many times that she 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 would if the surgery was there, if she could do it, she would have a penis. She she, she sure. said that Ooh, she, yeah, pee standing up so much easier. And well, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I see the benefits of it. I, but she she said she would do. You know, personally, I like her vagina mm-hmm. the way it is. Do you think if the technology gets there, you'd be doing? Are you just happy with what you got? I mean, is that the technology would really have to get right, there? Right. Um, definitely, if it was like you know, if I could press a button and have an awesome penis, yeah, sure, right, sure. Uh, sure, I would press the button. But uh, so would know. I. By the way, there you go. Hey, <laughs> See, who wouldn't press the button? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not on my radar at all sure. right now. Um, I'm still going through. Like, I need to do the legal changes as far as name change and all, and you know, driver's license, gender change, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, the all that red tape kind of muck is what's on my list next. Let's let's also step back again. And when did you realize you were? kinkier than the average bear um that was also when i was young i didn't realize again i didn't realize it was kink and i mean and maybe it wasn't that an actual kink i just uh look back on it now and was like uh so um i actually um uh i do actually have a little uh poem i've wrote about how i became kinky uh, or how i realized it um uh, as a young kid, but yeah, definitely when I was playing games with other kids, there were, you know, if someone needed to be captured and tortured for information, my hand was in the air first. You know, I had no problem being the one who was going to lose the battle. If I had to get shot on the battlefield, you know, whatever, I was, I was dying with, I was down with that. When, uh, when I, after I first met you, we went for, went out for coffee, and then, uh, when I came back, so I was like, well, how, how was your meeting? I thought, it's almost like talking to myself in many instances, and this is exactly another example of that. Yeah, you were like that too. Yeah, yeah. Did, I was like, yeah. yes, could capture. Oh God, you found me. Yeah, exactly. Whoops. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you want to read your poem? I mean, we should. I, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I can. Uh, I can read this one for you now. Um, this is a. This is a little uh, poem I wrote in 2010. It's called "A Rhyming History of My Kinky Start." Allow me to pontificate about my life in S&M. But where shall I begin? From the start, you say? All right. Ahem! I was just a spry lad playing pirates in the yard out back when I realized I had a rather peculiar knack. Everyone wanted to be a tough swashbuckler, but no, not me. I wanted to be the captured British sailor. And so now you see how the seeming innocence of my play is now negated by the fact that I love to be tortured and interrogated. When I went off to boarding school, I was horribly upset that a welcoming hug would be the only hazing I'd get. So I convinced the seniors to walk me around in a collar and lead, and bought a book on S&M, which I still sometimes read. I confided in my roommate my dark sexual proclivity, to which she responded with no small amount of negativity. She was a Christian and was afraid I was going to hell. I told her after reading Dante's Inferno, it sounded just swell. When I got to college, I joined a fraternity, my beloved Alpha Phi. But sadly, hazing was forbidden there too, which didn't work for me. So when our custom paddles arrived, I took every swat for any of my comrades who decided they would rather not. All the while saving money so I could finally see a pro, 
Ever since I saw Exit to Eden, I had always wanted to go. At last sophomore year in the spring, I cheerily snuck away. And the best part is my appointment happened to fall on Easter Sunday. Later, I found myself in a loving relationship that was, alas, devoid of pain. Which, now that I've moved to New York, I have vowed never again. So now I go to kinky parties and have more than one kinky friend, all of whom are sweet enough to tan my poor rear end. What a wonderful culture where just after meeting, you can ask your new friend if they would like an ass beating. It's silly to think a hand around my throat won't make me uneasy, but a trip to the dentist will make me frightfully queasy. What a fantastically strange little world we pleasant perverts create. And now I know I'm not the only one who thinks it's just great. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> is all of that true? That's all true, yeah. That is, that is all true. <laughs> so I have to back up. You, you, you asked to be led around in a cop? Can, yeah. can we go? Well, you know, it was, uh, I went to this small little boarding school in, uh, in Maryland and uh, very, very sweet uh, boarding school. And everyone was very nice. And because it was so small, it was very much like a family. There were only 180 kids total. Right. So that's like 40 kids in each class. Sure. Um, so we were all very close, and there was no, uh, there was no sort of like class rivalry. Everyone was very buddy buddy, and the seniors were friends with everybody. But I got there, and I was like, no, that needs to change. <laughs> 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 and so I went into the senior room, which is just for seniors as a freshman, and I was like, you guys need to step it up, enjoy your seniordom, take advantage of it, and uh, so I wore a sign I wore a like a sandwich board sign that said kick me I'm a freshman and I had a collar and a leash and the seniors were free to pass me off from one senior to another uh, so if I had to go to like a class or something I needed one senior to drop me off and then another one to pick me up or this something. is all with your own device this was all my own sick and twisted and they were like oh boy we yeah. got it just where we want her yeah it was great it was <laughs> pretty great <laughs> Talk about topping from the bottom. I, yeah, I was I was all about it. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is so. You've got. I tell you what. You've got much more. Uh, your, your level of guts. Because I, I so wanted to have the exact same experience, but I never would have dreamed of telling someone yeah, to may, do it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's brilliant. Yep. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but that was so, that was your first. And I mean, for you, was that sexual or is that? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I definitely liked it. I got yeah. a kick out of it. I, I wouldn't say that I sexualized it uh, all that much, yeah. uh, but especially because these were all really my friends, right, you right. know, so, um, but it was definitely a little exploratory on my part. Um, sure. And I did, uh, <laughs> I went on a little day trip to Georgetown with uh, my friend from boarding school they had we there were lots of little weekend day trips that the school would set up and we went into a bookstore and she was looking for a book on masturbation for her friend's birthday and so we went to the sex section of the bookstore and I found this book called Come Hither by Dr. Gloria Brame I don't believe it's in print anymore but uh, I'm always looking for it at used bookstores and I picked it up and started leafing through it, and I, you know, I really liked, I really liked what I was reading and seeing, and so we left the bookstore, and uh, my, my friend was like, you know, we should have, we should have gotten that book, and I was like, really? And she, she's like, yeah, go, go get it. So we went back to the bookstore, and we picked it up, 
And she was really interested in it, too. In fact, she made me photocopy, I'd say, the majority of the chapters <laughs> in the book. So uh, so I photocopied, like, the whole book for her. And then, you know, uh, she was a senior and I was a freshman. And so we didn't see each other for a few years. And then she was in college and I was in college. So we didn't see each other for a very long time. And then... I was going to ask. Um, I bumped into her at a party here. Really? In New York, yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> That's hilarious. Isn't that great, yeah. So, and you said, I knew it. I knew it, yeah. The yeah, whole story. We, uh, yeah, we Yeah, we bumped into each other, I think, on FetLife, or we found each other on FetLife, and then met up at a party, and it was just, it was great, and we talked about the book. And That's incredible. How that was sort of our first, like, we'd always been thinking it, but And didn't you shared know, it yeah. together. And we did, first... yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. It was great, yeah. It just really makes you wonder, like, how many people are sort of in that exact same situation who just don't jump at the opportunity to right right yeah. that's amazing um so are you, are you attracted to women men who's your i yeah i'm attracted to women yeah um uh i i've always kind of wanted to go to the eagle and see if some giant dudes want to throw me around but yeah. i don't think i have the guts <laughs> really <laughs> i'm sure you could find someone right yeah you're just, you're just saying it's not for men it's not so much that you don't you're not worried about it you're just you're not worried about whether or not you can find someone. You just don't want to know if you what would actually happen. Is that what it is? Or I think I'm, you know, I'm human too. I'm right. a little worried about the rejection. Oh, uh, really? You know, not man enough for them. You think so? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about. I, so you're I saying know. you actually would like to? If you knew you wouldn't get rejected, you'd like you would totally do it. I would try it. I would try it. Um, it's I'm not sexually attracted to men, but. I have, think, but I have no problem playing with them. I think you are underestimating the open-mindedness of the guys. That I've never been... To, actually, I've been to the Eagle once. It was at uh, Folsom Street East a while ago. Yeah. Years ago is when I went. And um, uh, all seemed like very fine upstanding. But there were women oh, in there totally. as well. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I would, I would be surprised if you couldn't find someone who would be more than happy to assist you in that endeavor. I, uh, one day I'll, I'll get up the guts. You you come with me. And we'll go. We'll go. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm like, hey everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, did you date women in in high school, or was that or was that something again I you didn't, didn't really date anybody until I was a senior in college because mm-hmm. I was so terrified. Right. Um. Even um, though you you knew that you were attracted to women. I all was. Along, right? Yeah. Yeah. I once I hit puberty, yeah, I, I knew I was a, I was attracted to women. Sure. Um. But, uh, yeah, I didn't start dating. I didn't even kiss anyone until I was a junior in college. And how yeah, was that? I was, a, I was a late bloomer. I think I was just so nervous and, you know, had no idea what to do. I was still figuring out what was going on with me. Sure. So it was just very scary. Um, so I definitely, and still to this day, uh, I need... I need people to come after me as yeah. as as much as I'm I'm very much all talk. Uh, oh, you're again. We're very similar in this exact same <laughs> endeavor. Yeah, there's two things. I, I always like the idea of being pursued, and mm-hmm. I I like to I like to think that yes, it's it's extremely hot to have someone want you so bad that they're gonna make the first move. But it also helps the fact that I'm a coward. Right. You know, in my case, exactly. I'm not saying you're a coward, but no, you, I'm a total coward. Right. Um, <laughs> But I suppose that's that might also go along with being submissive too, right? I mean, there's probably a little bit of that in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah, it certainly all melds together nicely. Sure, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> in your poem, you said you 
you went to a pro. You saved up to go I to a did, pro. I did, yeah. My first, uh, the first pro down that I went to was in Chicago, and uh, I was very nervous. And I called, I called up from my my mom's apartment in Chicago, and uh, I called to make an appointment. And she's like, "Oh, you know, the only thing I have is Easter Sunday," and I'm just so sick and twisted. I was like, "Yeah." That's great. <laughs> so, so I went, and I was so nervous and terrified, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the proper like etiquette was. So, I get there, and she's like, "Okay, well, you just get as undressed as you feel comfortable, and then I'll come get you." Mm-hmm. And so, when she comes in the room, I'm wearing, uh, I'm wearing like a gym. Uh, like a gym shirt and uh, like mesh shorts and all my clothes are neatly folded mm-hmm. in this little pile and she thought that was like the cutest thing on earth so uh, but then but she was very careful with me because she knew I told her that it was my first time and she was very careful with me and at the end of it I was like oh, I could have taken a lot more than that yeah. but I was just so nervous and she was being so careful because of that which was you know uh, totally understandable yeah. Um and yeah, but I had a great time. And after that, I was hooked. I was like, yeah, this is something that needs to be a part of my life. And uh, so I went to see a couple other pros. Um, n- not regularly, you know, it was still way too expensive sure. for me to do on a regular basis. But um, every once in a while, I would see a pro. And then when I did move to New York, uh, I went to see a, a pro a few times. And then she helped me get involved in the in the scene mm-hmm. uh, here in the city. So that and then, you know, ever since then, I've just been uh, going to a lot of parties in the scene and meeting people there. What, uh, how did you find, did you, did you do a lot of Googling and figure out, okay, I want someone who's, who's comfortable and who's into someone like me? Or uh, how did yeah, you... As far as when I was searching for a, yeah. a pro, yeah, it was, it was definitely a combination of factors. Um, but I emailed her ahead of time and said, you know, here's my situation, um, and and told her how I liked to be made to feel, mm-hmm. um, and she was great with that. Uh, honestly, I've never seen, I've never been to any any pro that had a problem with it. In fact, I'd say the majority of them are pretty excited yeah. uh, about either something new or so, you know. Sure. So, um, so I've never had any problems there. Do you mind if I ask how how do you like to be made to feel? Oh, well, just, uh, you know, especially at the time when I, I, I still had long hair when I went to see, uh, when I went to see that first pro dom and I still had breasts. So I told her, you know, I, I like to be made to feel like a man, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I still like to feel submissive, but I need, I need to feel like a man while you're doing that. Um, and so, yeah, everyone was just fine with that, which was really cool. But wow, kudos to you for being able to express yourself that way, and especially for your first time. Was that your first kind of real kink experience, or absolutely, yeah? I mean, there there are people who have been playing for twenty years and can't simplify, who can't boil down what their their needs are. Mm. You must have either put a lot of thought into it, or you just instinctively knew exactly what you were looking for, or or something. There's a lot of people again who who don't know when they go and they're like, I have no idea, you know. Right. I think if I, if I had gone to uh, a pro when, you know, when I was first trying to explore it, um, and probably the only reason why I didn't is because I couldn't afford it, I think I probably would have 
just said, just do whatever you want to do because I have no clue what right. I like, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just that I was thinking about it so much, not uh, not necessarily her or seeing a, a dominatrix, but just being involved in that sort of play scenario and uh, having the opportunity to tell someone, this is how I like to feel, who, who did feel like someone who was, uh, you know, sort of a mysterious third party, yeah, yeah. not like someone that I knew intimately and was sort of it, it seemed it seemed safer because yeah, you didn't have anything I didn't, to lose right uh, yeah exactly right um, so it seemed it was a very safe environment for me actually and that was very important because I uh, was able to realize a lot of things about myself so what what is your experience been going uh, doing more it sounds like you're exploring more personal play one-on-one or non-professional play I should say yeah I don't um, I now that I know how to become involved in a scene, um, and you know, I'm on Fet Life and have made friends in the scene. Um, I don't, uh, I haven't gone to see a professional in quite some time, mm-hmm. um, and which is great because it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, I very much enjoy playing with, especially people I know. That's what's really been great for me is. Um, uh, friends that I've met in the scene and getting to play with them, uh, I really, really love that uh, because you can just have such a closer rapport with them and uh, say things and do things that you otherwise might not be so comfortable with, obviously, because uh, you already do know them and you've talked about limits and you've played before and you, you know. So I, I, I really do appreciate uh, being able to play with friends. That makes a big difference for me. Is it? Uh is it a matter of you you just say hey would you like to play or do do you wait is it the same way for uh for like dating you let them approach you first or how do you um i I mostly i I get to know someone very well before i ask them if they want to play sure um otherwise if they come up to me great right right sure (laughs) i mean that's that's a very I mean, I've never been able to to manage to bring them, to broach that subject because even if you get to know them really well, I, I I imagine I think there there's been a few times when I've kind of casually so if you ever you know kind of looking away, right, sure, kicking yeah. a rock so you yeah. know if you ever <laughs> feel like, you know just saying that's kind of how I broach the subject and I think in, in one case the person I think just pitied me someone's like you're never gonna. Get, get played with ever so I better this is going to be your last ch- you know oh, no. it's just so pitiful <laughs> in my case right is that how or how do you how do you broach the subject when you get to know someone well enough I mean um, well I've gotten I've made so many friends in the scene that it's become much easier yeah. uh, and you know these are people the people that I'm friends with that I do ask it's something that they very much enjoy yeah. as well uh, it's as much a part of their life as it is mine mm-hmm. and uh, that's why they're going to parties too to meet people and have fun and play and so I've, I've become comfortable enough and gotten to a point where these are friends that I'm close enough that I can you know it would be like if I was asking to borrow their car to go to Costco right <laughs> can I borrow your car to go to Costco and also do you want to beat the shit out of me afterwards? yeah exactly yep that's mostly how the conversations that's go that's pretty good <laughs> So Saad, Saad had mentioned uh, that she had some questions but she didn't know if we had covered them or not I'd say when I was about two years old, that was the first time I remember distinctly denying the fact that I was female, and I've had <laughs> serious penis envy ever since. 
And uh, I experimented with cross-dressing. I shaved my head. I would sneak into gay clubs and pretend to be like a young boy. And for, you know, what it's worth, I was very passable when my head was shaved. You know, even the guy I was dating said I looked like a 10-year-old boy. (laughs) So um, how did you know that you wanted this to be not just sometimes, but it was who you were and who you wanted to be? I I think... You know, at the time, you know, at the time being so young, I wasn't quite sure what it was, but it was something that I felt and thought of every moment of every day. Uh, you know, it, I feel like when you're that age, a lot of things are like going through your head, or you think about this and you forget about that, and you don't care. One day you're mad, and then you're fine. And the, <laughs> right. but uh, but this was something that was very much with me. Uh, every day and it just didn't go away and it didn't change it didn't it barely even evolved in any way it was just there and uh, it was just me that needed to figure out what it was and how to do it and it it took me much longer like I said I'm a late bloomer it took me much longer uh, to start thinking more about it and experimenting with it uh, than I than I wish it had. You know, I wish I'd been able to sort of focus on that sooner in life. But it seems well, like I, you're making up for lost time, though. I am. I'm I'm barreling through now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just met you, but you seem like you're happy with the decision. Um, I knew a girl briefly who was a girl when I met her again, mm-hmm. but she had already she was transitioning back from having had the surgeries and well, she didn't have a penis, but she cut off her breasts and. That's the extent that I know of. I don't know what else she might have done other than hormones. And she just kind of, you know, born female, went male, went back to female. Really? And I don't know where she is now. It's been a few years since I've seen her. But um, who knows, maybe she'll just ping pong back and forth her whole life. And that'll just be, you know, how she finds her happiness. But uh, do you ever have any thoughts where you think, like, you might want to get back in touch with your feminine side for a little while before? Oh, God, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, I am I am a mustache away from being Ron Swanson. Uh, uh, I love Ron Swanson. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I don't know. It feels I feel so every day now. I feel so relieved almost. Um, like I had to be wearing this horrible costume for so much of my life and then finally got to take it off and be like huh Mm -hmm. um so and i think it's also difficult these days because uh there's i feel like there's a lot of confusion about uh gender identity and sexuality and gender fluidity or whatever you want to call all of these different terms but different ways people can feel and there's so much uh, in society, there's today. There's so it's so segregated. Like girl colors, boy colors. Yeah. Girl toys, boy toys. These are girl jobs. And you'd think we'd be past that by now, but we're not. Yeah. And it's it's surprising. Um, so you know, I don't know who's to say if we weren't in some parallel universe and there was no segregation between like colors and toys and what you can do is exactly then what would I have chosen you know what would I have felt as a kid but I I don't know I can't speak to that but um were you allowed to choose your own toys at any point oh yeah luckily luckily I you know I never I had like Ninja Turtle 
birthday parties and like one kid gave me a Barbie and everyone looked at him like he was a leper. <laughs> so, uh, so that was fine. I remember one time my aunt gave me this like porcelain face doll and it scared the shit out of me. And like I made my mom put it in the highest shelf in my closet. And uh, so I just, you know, as a, at a very young age, everyone knew like, well, the kid likes, you know, boy clothes and boy toys. And so, you know. That's uh, great. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I did, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't really, like, oppressed as a little kid um, when it came to those kind of things, which I was very lucky for, but I think I did a lot of self-oppression, yeah. like, uh, sure, I, you yeah. know, how I, how I feel I don't think is, is right, like, I'm gonna get in trouble, and so I had to, I, I was trying, always trying to, like, cover my tracks, uh, like, I remember very distinctly, um, anytime my mom would take me to McDonald's, and I always wanted the Happy Meal because I wanted the toy. Occasionally, McDonald's would do something like they had the girl toy and the boy toy that you could mm-hmm. choose from. It wasn't just the one toy. And I was always so terrified, but it was the one time I stood up for myself and I would always be like, can I get the boy toy? Yeah. <laughs> and my mother would just be like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she always let me have it, so. How's yeah. your family now, but? Uh, they're good. My mother is still figuring it out. Um, she's still having... I wouldn't, I don't even, she's not even having problems with the pronouns. I don't think she's even trying. Like, she's just, uh, and it's not that, like, she loves me very much, and she's, uh, she doesn't care. But I think she's just trying to grasp the whole thing. Uh, And her, (laughs) a lot of her world uh, revolves around celebrities, what's going on with the celebrity (laughs) world. So, uh, oh, what's his name? Chaz Bono. So like her reference for all things trans are Chaz Bono and that right, is right, it. Right. You're so the one in, dancing with the stars. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So so and she'll call me and she'll be like, "Well, you know, Chaz is on Dancing with the Stars and I voted for him every time." Well, that's great. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's so You're like, it's hey, cute. Well, that's better. That's a pretty good step. It's, for... it's cute. Yeah, my dad has actually been really surprising. I was so terrified to, and you know, I, again, I always assumed that my parents just thought I was gay. Yeah. Um, but explaining this. Uh, I was just, I just didn't know how to do it, and I was very worried about my father. Um, but he didn't really seem to care. He took to it like a duck to water, and he's been pretty good with the pronouns. He slips up, but he, but he tries. Sure. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's been, he's been good about the name change and everything, and he's, yeah, he's been really good. So that's been really surprising, but, good. but nice. And my, uh, you know, my sister's been. Uh, great about it and I have a niece and you know she knows me as her uncle and yeah. so that's cool and good stuff yeah great yeah so I've been very lucky we were talking a little bit uh, off mic about uh, bullying and mm. you, you said you had never really been bullied very much but you did have right. one experience I well, this wasn't even I wouldn't even qualify this as as bullying either but um, I yeah I was very lucky I, I was never really bullied um I was called a couple names as a kid. I mean, you know, I was always the weird kid. There was always, you know, they, the kids know. They knew there was something up. Um, so I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, and I didn't like going to camp or anything because I was always the odd kid out for one reason or another. And, uh, but luckily that was the extent of it. I, you know, I was never really picked on. Yeah. Uh, and I've never really had any problems with people here in New York or you know anything like that but I was on a uh, on a work trip and uh, where was I? I was in Palm Springs on a work trip and it was nighttime 
so I could have my shirt off. My my scars were still healing, so I didn't want them to get too much sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to have my shirt off at night, and so I went down to the hot tub. And so I walked down to the hot tub, and there is this big barrel-chested southern dude in the hot tub by himself uh, with his arms spread out, and he's really comfortable and i was like just keep going we're just we're gonna do this anyway <laughs> right and so um no sudden movement. Yeah, exactly so i just kept i just kept walking right to the uh right to the uh to the tub and uh i as i got closer to him he looks at me and just the first thing out of his mouth is good lord boy what happened to your chest Jesus. <laughs> and, and i was like Bleh. and i had never thought about like well what do i say yeah, how yeah. do i want to handle that sort of situation should it Cut come it up <laughs> yeah, exactly so i had not thought about it at all so <laughs> i just stared at him and i was like cancer <laughs> i can't believe i'd laugh at that i know i know <laughs> it's terrible but i was like i don't know that was the first thing i don't even know what it would be but i just i was like yeah. cancer and he said uh, and then I was like, but I'm fine, I'm fine. It's over now and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was like, wow. Well, the good Lord was looking out for you then, wasn't he? <laughs> and I, in my head, he was I was... when I thought of that excuse. Right, I was like, it was going out of my mind. I was, and I wanted to be like, no, because I had cancer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, but instead I was just like, uh-huh. Right, right. And... Um, so I got in the tub and, you know, we kept talking and, you know, I was just chatting with him about, you know, him and his buddies are on their golf trip, like getting away from the wives. Right. And I'm like, yeah, women, right? And so, I, uh, so, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm just talking to the guy, but in, in the back of my head, I'm like, wow, I never thought about that, that I might, you know, what do I do? Should I tell him the truth? Right. And, you know, for me, that was, there were, there were two, I had, I had sort of two problems with telling him the truth. First of all, uh, I was worried he would kick my ass because uh, <laughs> he could have. I could run much faster than he could. Then. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was worried. Uh, I was worried about that, and um, I was also. It also sort of defeated the purpose for me. Right, you right, know, of course, yes. like I'm trying to pass, right, right, right. so you know I don't want to go into it. Uh, he called you boy. He called me boy. Yeah, That's so I was good. like, "Hey, all right, That's good." Uh, so, so that made me think about like, okay, well, how do I want to handle that situation in the future? And yeah. I still haven't figured that out. But, right, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was the only semi altercation I've ever had. So pretty. What, what about you performing? You, you've started, or how? I mean, how long have you been? Um. Well, you know, I've done. Uh, I started acting when I was. In middle school, and always had a lot of fun doing theater. And uh, I'm just sort of like that's sort of a new thing again for me now is trying to navigate that with who I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, and I'm not really sure where to start. Uh, I don't know how to go about looking for uh, an agent um, that would be, you know, interested in sort of a niche market case like myself but again I feel like that might give me an advantage um so that's all new to me uh I feel like as far as proper theater goes um there are a lot of 
twelve year old newsies I could audition for. <laughs> Come on! But I think you're limiting yourself. But, but still, I, it's I, a fun, it would be a fun thing, right? Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I I I I think I'm a talented performer, but there are so many other talented performers who are, you know, more masculine appearing than sure. myself. So it's it's uh I think I'm just having trouble navigating the waters of how do I find the right roles to audition for and how do I go about auditioning for them. I, I'm not super passable. I don't pass as often as I would like. I haven't started tea or anything like that. So, um, But see, uh, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'm either A, an idiot, or B, just oblivious to how close-minded people are, or I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm both. Um, but I think there would just be some roles that would be, whether or not you're passable, would have nothing to do with I, I'm oh, yeah. hoping so. That's what I'm looking for. That's right. what I'm looking for. It's just going about finding them that I'm not quite sure how to how to do that just yet. So that's why I've been focusing a lot on my writing and uh, doing, uh, you know, working on stand-up material, things that I can do by myself. Well, that was what I was going to say. Is you've got such an interesting story and you're so good at telling it. You know, I mean, you, you, you mentioned stand-up in your, your poetry and your music, but uh, have you thought of, like... Oh, a one-man show type of thing? Uh, only recently. Yeah, only recently. I, uh, again, being, um, having, uh, having been an improviser in Chicago, I'm very much a team player. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when it comes to theater, uh, I very much like the team. I like working with other people. I like feeding off their energy. Uh, I really like that dynamic. So all of this is sort of new to me, this sort of one-man show idea or doing stand-up. It's very solitary, and I think a lot of that comes out of New York um, because it's very difficult to get a bunch of people together to rehearse something or to be on a team together and practice and things like that. So I think that's very much where the the sort of the idea of the New York stand-up comedian comes because it's, you can do it by yourself. Sure, you sure. don't need anybody else. Um, but uh, that is new for me, and I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, again, navigating that for the first time now. And, and again, maybe I, I mean I just I just can't imagine anything better suited for even just a play. I just imagine you standing on stage with other people who are on stage as well as you sort of tell the narrative of your life and your experiences so far. Different people coming in to. You know, okay, here's the scene about, you know, when I had the surgery, or here's the scene about my first proton visit, and here's the scene, and, you know, maybe talking to the audience. Oh, just do, like, a full-on branch show. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Uh, No, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that that would be very interesting. I think it would be very compelling, and as as someone who has been in 4-H... And someone who has a, nice. a new a new dog, I think it's safe to say I, I know a little bit about show business. Yeah, right? I mean clearly. <laughs> so uh, just take it from me. No, I mean I, I really I just can't imagine how that would fail. As well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate your vote of confidence. Well, I, I'm I'm going to start. I'm I'm working on a few things. I just, uh, um, yeah, I just I just sort of need to kick it in gear and. Well, if I, if I can get in on the ground floor. Yeah. Of, of this right now, can I please when you when, if you do a play or a movie uh-huh. about your life, can I be background guy number three? Oh, you'll you'll be there. Hey, you can be background guy number one. Whoa. Though. Yeah. You're you're just saying that because there's a microphone I'm here. Very I've generous. got it on tape. I've got it on tape. Now. You can't back up. Do you, do you have 
you, you've already read one poem. You have a few others. Do you mind reading another couple? Or absolutely not. No, I have sure. a I have a few I have a few poems here. Um, yeah, let's do this one. This is a this is a poem that I wrote uh, just after I moved to New York and was sort of getting into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Horny in the City. New York City, of all the places, filled with all colors, creeds, and races. You'd think I could find just one Jane Doe who's STD-free, ready and willing to go. I thought New York would be a sexual playground. All I'm asking is to be whipped, gagged, and bound. But this stu- city's as stuffy as Ann Coulter's vag, and wears that label like an honorable badge. I thought there would be people humping in the street, but it was just a rat having its way with my feet. So I've paid for a few sessions with a pro-dominatrix... Jesus, what the hell rhymes with that? Did you know one in four New Yorkers has an STD? Those aren't the best odds for you or me. The most action I get is from my right hand. How can a young, healthy buck like me not be in demand? Where are all the cougars that are so eager to bone? Or the NYU girls that are so experimentally prone? I'm ready to answer ads written on bathroom walls. Is it possible to die from having blue balls? I think about sex all day long and can't stop listening to that Nine Inch Nails song. I look at my coworkers in an unprofessional way. I think about screwing men, which is totally gay. I ogle all the waitresses at hip Brooklyn diners and drool over Catholic schoolgirls and pray they aren't minors. I check out every ass that's within 20 feet. My blood pressure's so high I've had to cut out red meat. My libido is so outrageously high, it's starting to sound reasonable to have sex with a pie. Maybe I'll find a lovable hooker and sweep her away. Wait, never mind. That story took place in L.A. Sometimes I talk dirty when I'm all alone. I look up porn constantly on my iPhone. If it wasn't for my kinky parties, I would go absolutely nuts because the city's filled with models flaunting their tight model butts. These hot New Yorkers are everywhere and I stare without blinking. I'm glad no one can really tell the dirty things I'm thinking. I like girls who are preppy and girls who wear glasses. I like girls who are spooky and girls with nice asses. What I really want's a woman who will tear me apart, because beating me half to death is the quickest way to my heart. I'm not really into boobs. She could have a small chest. I love vegetarians because they always taste best. I'm an old-fashioned catch, a real Prince Charming, but it's so hard finding the right girl it's frankly alarming. I'm not asking for much, just a smart, pretty, gentle dove who wants me to be the one she gets to beat the crap out of. So let me buy you a drink if you think you make the grade. We could fall madly in love, or at least I might get laid. <laughs> when you're writing this, is this something that kind of just flows out of you, or is it something that you work on over the course of time? And, and, and neither is bad. The end result is amazing. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it depends. Uh, some I will just, I'll start, I'll have an idea for just a simple rhyming couplet. All of my poems are totally untechnical, just groups of rhyming sure. couplets. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll just come up with one little rhyme and then usually it'll just keep going from there. Um, so unless I'm writing something for a specific person or for a specific event, uh, then usually it just, it takes some sort of impetus to something has to come up for me to start writing but uh uh but once it once i do start it comes pretty easily which is nice do you have something more recent so you can see what you're um yeah i do have some more recent stuff they're not it's not necessarily about uh any sort of journey or where i'm at now but this uh i have a 
a poem that I wrote called Hurt Me, and this one uh, is a little bit more, you know, in the in the previous poems, I, you know, I may hint to simple things like, um, you know, just say getting beaten up or something like that, yeah. but I, I go into a little bit more detail in this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and this is called Hurt Me? This is called Hurt Me, yeah, and I wrote this at the end of last year. I'd like you to hurt me. I'd like you to make me cry. I'd like you to kick me, then punch me in the eye. I'd like you to beat me up until I'm black and blue. All my favorite bruises are the ones that come from you. I'd like you to kick me when I'm down and laugh at me when I fall. I'd like you to hunt me like wild game and mount my head up on your wall. I'd like for you to be gentle and run your fingers through my hair just before you drug me and drag me down to your underground lair. I'd like you to cut me open and watch as you bleed me dry. I'd like you to almost choke me to death using my very own tie. I'd like you to snuggle up next to me in a theater, on the couch, or in bed. I may not have brawny shoulders, but they're perfect for resting your head. I like Big Spoon and Little Spoon. I could go either way, but you just ruffling my hair is all I need to make my day. I'd like to play with you every day until you run out of things to do. I'd like you to bite me all over until you run out of things to chew. I'd like you to lead me around by a leash or drag me by my hair. I'd like to yelp for mercy and for you not to care. I'd like to be yours and sit gently at your feet. I'd like to shed some tears for you and be your favorite one to beat. I'd like to wake up in agony one morning with a scream. I'd like to wake up to discover that none of it was a dream. That's great. Is there is there someone in particular that you, you don't have the name names, but was there, <laughs> did you have someone in mind, or was it were you sort of envisioning your idea? Um, yeah, there was definitely someone in 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 mind, but uh, at the same time, it was also just sort of about this this dream person. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just sort of what I would like, uh, you know, not that I actually want someone to decapitate me of and course, right. taxidermy my head to their wall, the but I, you know, is, right. the spirit is, right. yeah, very similar, yeah. Did you, did you show that person, did you show your No, not yet. One? No? Not yet. Not yet. Not so maybe? Yet. Maybe, yeah. I mean, first off, it's funny, so that that kind of diffuses something, <laughs> right? I mean, have you, what's going to, what, because it, it takes a lot of guts to, you know, send that to the person who's if they and maybe if they're not suspecting it or something or right yeah i'm i mean i've i've written uh poems for people before um it's all about just finding the right time though <laughs> of course of course um but yeah that's 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 really good I, I, thank yeah, you i think i think a lot of people who uh masochists especially can identify with that you know because uh, sometimes you just want to be and it sounds like too that that's something that your your earlier poem was about just vague just do something right, right. this is this right. is definitely more uh, has a specific tone to it yeah uh, some it sounds like someone who's experienced a little bit more in New York yes right? yes I have definitely had uh, my share of experiences in a very short amount of time which I am so thankful for <laughs> how do you uh, for those people who are new to New York and new to, to Someplace. What's what's your biggest advice you can give them if they want a lot of experiences in a short period of time? Oh even, man! I mean, what's your secret? Uh, I mean, it's definitely about going to the parties. Yeah. Got to meet people, make friends, uh, and if you go with the, uh, you should not go with the expe- expectations of play. Um, you should just go to meet people, and then it'll come out of that, and it'll be a, a greater experience for it. You certainly can go to parties for play and find that, but. 
I think you'll find someone who you have a closer connection with and make the play more fun because of that. Um, if you, you know, go a few, the first few, I, I think I went to like four or five parties before I played with anyone. Yeah. Um, so just, just meeting people. And if you're not in a, if you're not living in a place that has big parties like New York, it's, I mean, you can trip on parties here, which is really great. But if you're not living in that kind of place, then, you know, it's about getting on FetLife and, you know, meeting people, going to munches, that kind of stuff. And also I find not pressuring is one of the biggest. Absolutely. You know, in fact, uh, my whole thing is I was like, I'm not even going to mention I'm not even going to mention what I'm into to try to hint to this person, and I don't want them to give them even the slightest idea that I'm only interested in, in playing with them, even though I'm only interested in playing with them, you know. Absolutely. I was just yep. frothing at the mouth just to, please play with me, you know. Something. I know. But that's yep. usually the, one of the worst things. The, wor- the biggest pet peeve, if you talk to, especially dominant women uh, at parties, one of their biggest pet peeves at parties is someone coming up and just saying, may I worship your feet, please? Sure, you know, yeah. That's like the creepiest totally. thing for them. Um, do you have another poem you could read for us, or? Um, or, or you also yeah, have a song? Well, I've got, whichever you. I, I do have a song. This one, I've got uh, a little poem here. This one's super short, uh, and then I have a couple other things if you want to hear them. Uh, this is just called "Raising Welts." It hurts to walk. It hurts to stand. It hurts to sit where they did land. My legs are bruised. The welts are raised. Reminds me of college and getting hazed. I always show my roommate my marked-up butt. He slaps his hand to his face and calls me a nut. Hit my back and I'll grunt, rub my ears and I'll sigh, but I'll whimper like a puppy if you cane up my thigh. Getting pleasure from pain, you might call a sin. It's so deliciously evil, I can't help but grin. Do you actually show your roommate? I did, yeah. He uh, he has since moved out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> he moved to Utah, yeah. No, uh, but um, he, uh, oh yeah, I would definitely, whether he liked it or not, I would uh, tell him all about my escapades and show him, and he would just... Oh my god! Like he was just shocked, and it's great because he's this—he's this big dude. I describe him like uh, if you ever watch a movie about a frat house, and there's a guy named Moose. He's—that was him. <laughs> he's Moose, you know, like straight as like super like broy dude. It right. was just awesome, and we got along so well. Um, and so I would always—I would always force all my stories on him, and then. She took the needles and she wiggled them, and there was blood everywhere. And like he would just be like did passing you, out. Did you do that because you wanted to share with someone, or just because you wanted to to freak a guy named a guy like Moose, Moose out? out? It's a little bit of both. A little bit of both, probably. <laughs> you have you have a song you you, you mentioned. A... Um, I do. It's not really my song. Um, again, all of the all of the poetry I write and all of the songs that I write, I'm merely taking other people's hard. <laughs> hard work and just changing a few words to make it my work. Making it your own. Yeah, sure. exactly. It's called fair um, use. Yeah, people do that these days, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is basically my take on my favorite things from The Sound of Music. Blood drops and latex and girls dressed as kittens. Big rubber ball gags and vampire mittens. Brown wooden paddles, girls tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Black and blue bruises and a really sharp knife. Women who make me want to run for my life. Wearing a collar with bright metal rings. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Punching and kicking and ball-busting bashes. Sweat drops that stay on my nose and eyelashes. Getting tied down to exposed mattress springs. These are a few of my favorite things. I love when girls bite. I love when whips sting. So if I'm feeling sad, I simply take part in my favorite things. And then I don't feel... So bad. I wish there were 70,000 of us doing this right now. That was awesome. That was oh, brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I can't imagine a better way to end the podcast than right that. That is Great. This has been so much fun. Thank you yeah, so much thank for Yeah, thank you for this. having me. I had a great time. Are you willing to do it again sometime? Oh, please. That'd be great. Anytime. Um, and if someone wants to find you on FetLife. Um, yeah, if they want to find me on FetLife, uh, my name is Alistair McDuff. And uh, we'll have uh, whatever contact information you like. We'll have it on the podcast website as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, please send me a, uh, a message. Yeah, if you'd like to get in touch with me on Facebook. Oh, nothing else. Make yeah. you a friend because that way they can follow your your career to stardom and they can say I knew you win. <laughs> Sounds great. There you go. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can message uh, Brant by going to on FetLife actually, uh, but when you do, make sure if you're going to friend Brant, you. You say, hey, I heard you message him first saying, hey, heard you on the podcast. Can I be your friend? Make sure you say that first. or Because normally he doesn't friend people he doesn't know uh, in real life. So um, on FetLife, Alistair McDuff, you can find a link on Massacast.com. And, uh, you know, you can also see uh, Al- uh, Brant's lion's mane of hair on Massacast.com. Thank you so much. And thank you again for donating bonus episodes, all details on Massacast.com. We'll see you later.